0: celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe this is animal radio here's your hosts hal abrams and judy francis
1: and welcome back you animal lover you i'm judy francis
2: and i'm hal abrams wait a minute oh, sorry. <laughs> I,
3: i'm sorry i have
1: already first page of the script and i've already messed up right here unbelievable in my hot little hands From the ASPCA, that's the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Every year they put out this survey, the results of a survey of how much it costs to raise a pet. And every year I look at this thing, and boy, I don't know what I'm doing wrong... Here, let me see that. Now, I'm trying to figure this out here. I'm adding up the numbers and I see $670 here to raise a cat. That's a single cat. I have 4 cats. For a year, right? That's 1 year. And they say it's $115 a year for cat food. What? I don't know where they're shopping. <laughs> yeah, I'd like uh, to know. <laughs> really? It's and I don't think that's Costco there. They say here that it's premium brand dry kibble. Okay, dry kibble maybe. I don't think you should be feeding your cat a full diet of dry kibble, uh, but I spend a lot more. I spend at least, oh, geez, and I have four cats now, uh, probably $150 a month on food alone. Yes. So I think they're way off. Let me know what you think. 1-866-405-8405 is the number. For a dog, they have this uh, broken down small dog, medium dog, large dog. For a large dog, they're saying $875 a year. This includes food, medical costs, toys, treat, license, health insurance, and a little miscellaneous thrown in there. As far as medical costs, I've never gotten out of the vet for less than $150, and I'm in the business. I don't know what that's (laughs) about there. Let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this?
4: Oh, this is Leah. Hi, Leah. How are
1: you doing today?
4: Oh, I'm just fine.
1: Where are you calling from?
4: I'm in California listening
1: to Coast. Listening on Coast. Thank you very, very much. Do you have a dog or a cat?
4: Well, I have four dogs.
1: Four dogs. Uh-huh. So you're like me, a big family there. Uh-huh. What do you spend on food, would you say? Myself? Yes. No, uh, not for you, for your dogs.
4: Well, <laughs> it, it's about 100 a month.
1: 100 a month, and is that dry kibble or is that... Uh, mixed. It's mixed, so you do yeah. a little mixture of both, which is good. That's healthy for them. So that would... Uh, so she's but, under but You know what? I came up with a round number and
4: came up with exactly 880. Uh How's that for close? For one dog?
1: That's pretty close. Although
4: it would not have included medical insurance, because that's like 30 a month, so that would blow that out. 30 a month for you? Average medical insurance for veterinary is about 30 a month. Okay. Uh So that would ruin that if they included that, but if they didn't include that, I'd say if the dog's pretty healthy, I'd say I would estimate it 880, so pretty close.
1: Okay, so you're talking about health insurance, and this is kind of a new concept. I don't have it yet. I know a lot of people that have it, but you're talking about health insurance for your pet,
5: right?
4: Yeah, you said that they included that when they yes. estimated the cost? Yes, they did. That that would blow it out of the water because it's an average of about 30 a month. Hmm. Is that
1: per dog? Per dog, have wow. you used that insurance yet?
4: I haven't. <laughs> okay, so I-, I figure if I'm real smart and I put 30 a month away, I'd have lots of money. Well, you
1: know, that's what they said a few years back. They said, you know, pet insurance really isn't worth it. Just put a little away in a savings account uh, for a rainy day if something should happen. And if something doesn't happen, then you have a lot of money with a lot of interest gained on it. These days with all the new procedures used to be human procedures that are now pet procedures everything from hip replacements on they, they can be very expensive procedures yes. and they can catch you off guard how long there- have you had the insurance Leah?
4: No, I haven't. No, that's why I say I'm not, oh. I'm not oh. doing it. And, and part of the thing is it's one thing if you have one dog and maybe two dogs, but even that's going really high. But can you imagine if you have three or four? Yeah.
2: It's expensive. Just yeah. To, yeah. It's better just to put it away a little savings and gain the interest. And, and
4: have healthy dogs. There yes. you go. We like
2: that. Just
1: think healthy is what I'm <laughs> yes. thinking. So all you have is dogs, is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to put together a little package for the dogs and for you, okay? Oh, great. Hey, thanks for calling. Okay. 1-866-405-845. Four You're listening to Animal Radio.
0: You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
1: I'm not the brightest rocket surgeon, but I cannot put together this whole Easter with the egg thing and the bunny thing and how that all ties together. <laughs> I'm looking in the Bible. I'm looking for all... I don't get it. But I do know bunnies, very symbolic of Easter. A lot of people actually go out... And get bunnies this time of the year. For their kids, yeah. yeah. Not not a great thing to do. But I'll tell you what, we're gonna hit you to the bunny facts right now. Uh, we have the founder of the Bunny Museum, Candace Frizé. Is that am I pronouncing your name right? Frizze. Friz. Frize. Can I just call you Candace? Sure. Okay, I'm gonna do that. The bunny lady, tell us what is the Bunny Museum?
6: Well, it's a private home. Mm-hmm. It's my house where my husband and I live. So, it's a living museum.
1: Okay. (laughs) And and how many bunnies live in the living museum? Well,
6: we have five real bunnies Mm -hmm. and over 23,000 bunny items. (laughs)
1: 23,000? What kind of bunny items?
6: Well, I am talking to you on a Bugs Bunny telephone. (laughs) (laughs) And so, everything is a normal house, but everything is bunny. Like our tables, our chairs, our light switches, our mats, our beds, our hairbrush. Everything is shaped like a bunny. I got
1: to <laughs> I got to ask you a question first. Your husband's into this too?
6: He started it.
1: Oh, it's his fault.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were dating, I started calling him my honey bunny as an affectionate cute thing. He liked that. I didn't know he liked that. Well, I knew it, but I didn't know how much. And on the very first Valentine's Day, he got me a stuffed plush bunny. And it said I love you this much the bunny holding a, a pillow says I love you this much. And I thought it was so cute. So the following Easter, I gave him a porcelain white bunny. And then before you know it, we're giving each other a bunny every day as a love token.
1: Okay, so he didn't have the bunny thing going before he met you. You kind of developed this together, huh?
6: Totally. It's our thing. It's not just my thing. It's our thing. So people come here and we tell them we didn't set out to do a museum. It's actually a love story.
2: Oh, oh! How big is your house to accommodate all those bunnies? It's just an
6: average house. It's a 1923 house, and people come here and say, "Wow, there's so many bunnies!" And we say, "I know. We were ran out a, we a room, you know, four years ago. So we tell them this is the first location of the museum. Within about five years, we're going to move to a place ten times bigger.
1: Now, where <laughs> where is this museum
5: located?
6: Pasadena.
1: Oh, okay. So this is very good if you're listening on coast in Los Angeles or anywhere on the coast. Can we just, uh, regular old Joes, come on over and check out the museum?
6: We're open seven days a week by appointment because we do live here. So I have to take a bath, and I have to go to the bank, and I have to cook dinner. So I schedule it little around our, our life. But yes, every day of the week we have tours. And on holidays, you don't need an appointment. You can just hop on over (laughs) (laughs) any holiday. And, you know, there's holidays, uh, two to three holidays every month, except on August, there are no holidays.
1: Mm, Okay. What's the reason we shouldn't get a bunny for Easter?
6: Oh, my goodness. You know, people come here, and we do a lot of education with school groups and tour guides and Girl Scouts. and, And we show them that, you know, they poop, and they do chew things, and they have a lot of maintenance. Uh, you have to have two to three vegetables every day. And the problem is that people will get a bunny and they'll say, you know, after five months, they'll be like, oh, I'm bored with my bunny. He's really boring. I'm like, is he living in a cage or is he running around? Oh, he's in a cage. I say, how big is it? Oh, about three feet long. Well, the poor bunny's depressed. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's just like being in a cubicle in an office all day long.
6: Yeah, could you imagine?
1: No. your bunnies <laughs> uh, roam free, huh?
6: Well, yes, but we call it controlled freedom. We have baby gates, and so these baby gates block doorways, and so I will move the baby gate to only one little ex um, area in the kitchen during tours. So it's like a little baby breakfast nook, and they run around there, but when the tours aren't on, they run around the house. I move the baby gate to different areas, but I know where they are. Do you use a litter? Oh, yes, they use a litter box. so they're
1: pretty clean, huh?
6: Yes, they are. But the problem is the more bunnies you have, the more competition and the more playing around and the more one-upping, and so they will poop to mark territory. So it's a lot of things that go into a bunny, and I say, don't get a bunny unless you want to vacuum every day, (laughs) feed them every day, you know, check them every day. So it's a lot of work, but you know what? They're, They're great pets.
2: Do you spay and neuter your bunnies? Oh, my
6: goodness, yes. And they're all rescued. Oh,
1: good. I love it. Are there a lot of bunny rescues around?
6: Oh, yes. There's the House Rabbit Society and then lots of individual little groups. But we don't recommend going to a pet shop and buying a bunny. That's just ridiculous because for the most part, they're not neutered. Yeah. And the bunnies are the sign of fertility for a reason they have babies every month
2: (laughs) every month
6: yeah and is
1: this uh, some tie-in to the uh, Easter thing no bunnies
6: multiply every month okay I'm just trying to
1: figure out the Easter thing well the
6: Easter thing is because they are the sign of renewal okay Yeah, and then the egg is the sign of rebirth.
1: Ah, there you go. You heard it here first on (laughs) Animal Radio. We appreciate your time. I'm going to give out your website. It's www.thebunnymuseum.com. Right. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Candace, thanks so much for joining us.
6: You're welcome, and have a happy day.
1: You too.
0: Okay.
5: Okay.
6: Bye-bye.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more.
7: Dogs and chocolate. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting. Unfortunately, there are a number of household items which we tend to take for granted that are potentially very dangerous to your dog's health. One of these dangerous household items is simple chocolate. While chocolate has been reported recently to be high in human-friendly antioxidants... It appears to be potentially lethal for our pets and particularly for our dogs. Cats are mostly unaffected since they do not care for the taste of chocolate, but dogs tend to be crazy about it. The root of the problem is that chocolate contains various chemicals, which are called methylxanthine alkaloids. Very small amounts of these chemicals are capable of causing such serious problems as constriction of the arteries and an increased heart rate. Large amounts may even cause more dire symptoms. A pound of milk chocolate could possibly kill a 16-pound dog. If you find that your dog has eaten chocolate, get on the phone with your veterinarian right away. Be sure that your children know how important it is to keep chocolate out of your dog's reach. If you are not aware that your dog has consumed chocolate, the consequences could be severe. If consumption is not found within about four to six hours, without the right treatment, cardiac failure, seizures, coma, and death could result. One small piece of chocolate may not cause a problem, so don't panic. But if your dog friend eats a whole box, a trip to the veterinarian is in order. For the Veterinary News Network, At MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys on Animal Radio.
8: This is an Animal Radio news update made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products.
1: Oh, you better be careful what you say around your pets. I'm Hal Abrams reporting. A British senior is on trial in the UK. Apparently, he had been talking out loud to his cats and confessed to a murder. Of course, he was already a suspect. Police had placed hidden microphones in his place to capture that conversation. They didn't expect to capture him talking to his cats or confessing a murder. The jury's been listening to these secret recordings. And they actually believe his confessions are merely his laments over the fact that the crime had occurred, not an admission of guilt. And thankfully, Twinkie and Pudsy have not been called in to testify. You can't make this stuff up, ladies and gentlemen. Get more breaking Animal Radio news at AnimalRadio.com.
8: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural Line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that
9: pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Buddy,
10: don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans.
3: I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection.
11: Where can I find out more?
3: Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D
12: dot com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com.
3: Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit pets911.com or call
12: 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio.
3: PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com.
10: Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Design to Sell for Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pet.
0: Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Here's your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: We are back in Las Vegas with Animal Radio Vet, Dr. Debbie White. We've asked her to prepare some of the top questions and myths that she has at her clinic in Las Vegas. How are you doing today, Doc?
13: I'm doing great. Great day.
1: Ask me these questions here, these myths, to see if I get them right, because I think I know pretty much a lot of stuff.
13: First question, true or false? A cat will always land on their feet after a fall.
1: A cat will always land on their feet after the fall. Well, I've always heard that. The cats that I've seen jump from high places or even fall from high places usually do land on their feet. I would say that's true. Is that true, doctor?
13: No, that is false. Well, oh. many cats do have a very acrobatic nature and they can be very agile. It is not true. And you very commonly see broken bones um, and cats falling from even moderate heights.
1: Okay, so no pushing your, uh, your pets off the, the kitchen table when they're up there trying to grab food because they may not land on their feet there. I'm just
13: saying. A dog's mouth, true or false, is sterile, and licking their wounds helps to heal them.
1: I know their mouth is probably cleaner than my mouth, right?
13: Well, a dog's mouth is a sewer of bacteria, (laughs) so you really don't want to repetitively lick there.
1: Okay. You want to take a stab at a couple of these?
13: True or false, cats need milk. Uh, I think kittens need milk, but maybe cats don't. Well, they don't need milk, actually. Uh They like it, and they enjoy the flavor of it. Um, Young cats or kittens, they basically need cat milk, and that's the difference here. We don't want to give cow's milk to cats. So if you do feel the need to give milk products to your cat, they do have kitten supplements for that.
1: What about the milks that you can get in the pet store? Is that made specifically for their digestive system?
13: It sure is. And those would be appropriate products that you'd want to use that won't have that tendency to cause digestive upset. Well, there you go. True or false, cats can do just fine on a tuna diet.
1: Ooh, I know that's not true. In fact, it actually can be detrimental, can't it?
13: You are so right. Tuna actually contains an enzyme that actually breaks down B vitamins and can cause some serious nutritional deficiencies. Um, The high magnesium levels can cause problems with lower urinary tract disease and many other deficiencies.
2: Now, why do I see canned cat food that is tuna fish? Is that different?
13: Yes, and it's gone through an actual packaging and processing, so it doesn't have these potentials. And it's also enhanced, and they have uh, made up for any shortcomings within the cooking process.
1: We are with Dr. Debbie White, Animal Radio Veterinarian, and she is dispelling some of the most common myths that she hears in her office. She's stumped me. Has she stumped you? Go ahead, try again.
13: All righty, next one. True or false, when a dog is scooting its behind on the ground, it means that they have worms.
2: I think a lot of people think that. Yes, they don't understand why. So they think maybe it's irritating or something, and then maybe it's the worms that are irritating them.
13: Well, and and this will be one of those questions, but maybe there's a little half-truth here. Uh If we have tapeworms, that can cause some itchiness. That's only one particular type of worm. Uh Um, But I'd say more commonly, the itchiness is actually caused by anal gland problems, allergies, or even some digestive problems if we're having diarrhea. So true or false, if a cat's whiskers are cut, then they lose their sense of balance.
5: Ooh.
1: You know, I know that they sort of find out if areas they enter are big enough by whether or not their whiskers will get through. I I think it helps them walk a little bit. I know their tail helps them with balance. I would say, no, it probably doesn't affect their balance.
13: You would be right, because the whiskers, as you've described, definitely help as feelers for the environment. But they are not directly involved with their sense of balance.
2: So if my little sister cuts my cat's whiskers off, they'll be okay. They won't fall down.
13: <laughs> <laughs> and she used to all the time. Now, they'll survive, definitely. But we're not advocating trimming cat's whiskers, so please don't. <laughs> Next question. Female dogs should go through a litter or a heat cycle before being spayed.
1: I know that's not true. That, that was an easy one, but I know there are people that still—we still get phone calls. People still call us and say, "Should I at least let them go through one heat before we spay or neuter?"
13: And, and that's a common misconception, and a lot of well-educated people still hear this and still believe this. So we want to dispel that. Um, It is best for dogs to be spayed before they go into heat, and the reason is we want to minimize the risk of breast cancer. And if we don't let them go into heat, that is one very important way that we can prevent this tumor from ever happening true or false if your dog eats grass that's a sign that he or she is sick
2: see i've heard that they had an upset stomach and if they eat the grass it will help them to vomit which will relieve their stomach problems
13: Well, and this is another one where there's a little bit of some truth to it, but not completely. Dogs will eat grass for a lot of reasons, and some of them just bored them. Um, But when some dogs will eat grass, it does cause them to get sick to their stomach. Um, But it does not necessarily mean that they are sick.
1: Isn't that where they get worms from eating grass? No, you're throwing another question in there. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) So if they're eating grass, there's nothing wrong with them eating grass. That's okay, is what you're saying, right?
13: Well, some dogs will eat grass no matter what we do, whether they're bored, playing in the backyard. Um, If we think our pet is actually sick, no, we don't want him to eat grass uh, to enhance that effect. So uh, we would try to avoid that. And
1: what about our cats? I know all our cats eat grass.
13: Well, if they were to overeat with grass, they too could be sick. But as long as it's in small amounts, um, for cats, it's actually very good for their digestive system. And it helps to kind of keep them entertained as well.
1: Grass is good. Last one. Okay.
13: A warm, dry nose is a sign of illness. And a cold, wet nose means your pet is healthy.
2: I've always heard that's true. I believe it. Is that true?
13: Am I wrong? Oh, wait a minute. That's false. Oh, no. And something such as the temperature and the feeling of a nose, it's such a generalization. There's a lot of variation depending on your pet's activity, uh, what they're doing, what they're drinking at the moment. If it's accompanied by signs of illness, then we might take it seriously. But by itself,
4: not
1: an
2: indicator. Boy, I thought I knew that one.
1: I've learned more in the last five minutes than I've known in the last 15 years. If you want to see Dr. White's top ten most common pet misconceptions, we're going to post them at AnimalRadio.com. Is that okay?
13: That'd be awesome.
1: More Animal Radio on the way.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
12: Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year.
10: And that's it?
12: Yep. For more information, visit www.safeguard.com. That's S A F E G U A R D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections.
8: Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio.
0: Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Here's your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Coming up, Phil Kogan is joining us.
4: Oh yeah, he's
2: that uh, host of The Amazing Race.
1: Good morning. Hi, who's this?
14: This is Carrie from Twin
10: Falls, Idaho. Hi, Carrie.
1: This is Carrie, I'm sorry. Yes. Twin Falls listening on KSL, I imagine. How are you doing?
10: I'm doing great, and you?
1: Very good. What's on your mind today?
10: Well, I've got a little terrier. He's not quite two years old, and um, he's pretty playful, and he's really nice in the beginning when you're playing with him. You'll throw a ball, and he'll bring it back, and everything's going good. And then after a while, he decides that the ball's not quite as interesting as your hand. Uh Uh-oh. And he starts, he doesn't really bite through the skin, but he's really aggressive, shows his teeth, and comes at you. So, and you try to get away, and he, he really would rather bite you.
2: you know? oh, that's like a mock bite where it's called mouthing. They don't really bite. They don't bite through the skin. Uh-huh. And that's not a good thing. You definitely want to get him to stop doing that. And I have had that problem with my cat. And what I do with my cat also works with dogs. When you're playing with your dog and if he latches onto your hand, you yell, ouch. Just as loud as you can. It should really startle him. He'll look at you like, what the heck just happened? And give him like a just a moment and put your hand back. And if he does the same thing, pull, again, pull away again and tell him, ouch, and just stop playing with him. But if you put your hand back and he actually licks you and doesn't bite you, give him lots of praise. Uh-huh. And then get the toy and give it back to him so okay. that he will bite the toy and stop biting your hand. But if you yell ouch and, uh, and if he keeps doing it, stop playtime, he'll learn. No, it's That's gotta, the
1: end. it got to be the same word ouch is just basically teaching him that ouch means...
2: Ouch means stop it. Stop. You know, right. we, we don't allow that.
10: Yeah, because I'm afraid as he gets older, he's going to do it to, you know, because he doesn't really play with kids right now, and I'm afraid as he gets older, he's going to do it to someone else, and they're not going to think that he's not biting them. Right,
2: you, know? you need to stop it now before it gets any worse. Yeah. Give it a try. See, I will. See how that works.
1: Try it for how long, a couple of weeks to start off? Yeah, my cat took a couple of weeks,
2: and it's it still occasionally flares up, but uh-huh. just one ouch, and he knows, he learns, he remembers.
1: Okay. So. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Let Thank us know you. how it works out. We'll do. One eight six six four
0: zero five eight four zero five. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more.
15: This is Susan Sims for Fido Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio. You know, my vehicle of choice is a Windstar minivan. We have taken out the middle seat to better accommodate our two labs when we travel. However, we are always on the lookout for the next best thing, and joining us today is author and dogcars.com editor, Keith Turner. Hey, Keith.
16: Hi, Susan. How are you?
15: I'm great. Welcome to the show.
16: Well, thank you very much for having me.
15: I shared this with you before, Keith, when you and I have chatted in the past, that I inherited a Toyota Prius, which, as everyone should probably know by now, is a hybrid, and I understand there are a lot of choices out there now in the hybrid collection that is suitable for our dogs.
16: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, of course, the Prius was the trailblazer, uh, so to speak, for the hybrids uh, and is the most visible hybrid on the market today because it's of a distinctive look. They're a great hybrid, but... Because of their trailblazing capabilities, now other manufacturers have been able to use that technology and put them into larger vehicles that might be more appropriate for um, dog-friendly fr- families. So,
15: I know. And, you know, I have two uh, monster labs. Well, I shouldn't say they're monsters. Well, sometimes they are monsters, but uh, I digress. Chevy Tahoe, I think, is coming out with a hybrid.
16: Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's most exciting about where we are now in automotive uh, technology is that um, there are some larger vehicles like the Chevrolet Tahoe hybrid that was just named Green Car of the Year for 2008. And it's it's just hitting the market now. So it's, it's brand new and people probably haven't seen them. But you've got a full-size SUV that can handle multiple um, crates for dogs, and a lot of cargo, and you're still getting twenty two miles to the gallon perhaps amazing and and, and 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 typically, in that sort of size vehicle, you You'd be looking at maybe 13 to 14 miles per gallon, so it makes a huge difference when you're traveling that you can get that extra 10 miles per gallon.
15: When we go to Costco to fill up our little Prius, uh, we really still get admiring glances. I have to admit, and I, I saw a Prius the other day that had, for the license plate, it had 55 mpg.
16: Whoa! And that is <laughs> not, a, and, and you know what? Uh, I, that is not unusual for the for hybrids now. People would look at the larger SUVs and say, "Wow, 20 to 22. That's what is that? That's not you know all that great." But when you're talking about something that'll carry a lot of weight and especially a lot of dogs, uh, you're typically been looking at, at a car that would get 10 to 12 miles per gallon. So. Twenty-two miles per gallon for a large uh, Chevy Tahoe is a, is a wonderful treat.
15: What else you got that's on the market that what might be of interest for people for those of us with the larger breed?
16: Well, one of my favorites uh, that uh, is uh, now it's brand new this year the, the Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Actually, it's it's a new model of the of the former Highlander Hybrid, and now it's using the same Toyota Synergy Drive they call it for that's used in the Prius, and it's the Highlander version. So it uh is larger and has uh, plenty of room again for I like to talk about dog crates because that's a really safe way to take your uh, your dogs with you when you travel. The the Highlander Hybrid has a lot of great power and it's it's wonderfully designed and it it's supposed to get in the upper 20s, maybe 27 miles per gallon. So that's uh, one that I'm really excited about. There are some others that, like uh, Ford has uh, a hybrid called the Ford Escape, and it's also uh, available in a Mercury and a, a even Mazda hybrid versions. But the Ford Escape is a SUV. And it's sort of a smaller SUV um, that, oh, even though um, it's a small SUV, it's getting 30 to 34 miles per gallon. So uh, that, again, is another one to look for if you're going to be carrying a lot of uh, Cargo and and especially dog crates.
15: I like how you touched upon the safety aspect because uh, I've been guilty in the past. There are states now that are requiring uh, safety restraints for your dogs because, as we all know, uh, your loving companion turns into a projectile, you know, should you get into an accident. So, can you tell me if any of these cars are coming out with any kind of pet amenity like that where it includes uh, a safety restraint of some kind? Well,
16: um, you know, the manufacturers, I, I have to admit, are kind of Slow in getting on the uh, dog uh, bandwagon. Um, however, um, some are, are are leading the way. Um, Volvo is is very much a leader in um, uh, providing accessories that are uh, would be crates or, or even cages to help secure the dogs in their particular vehicles. And more and more, I think now um, auto manufacturers are coming out with accessories so that you can use them. Um, to help secure your dogs and then there's plenty of other accessories available dog harnesses for example if you are driving that toyota prius uh you, you can basically seat belt um your uh puppy into the uh, into the car so that it's as secure as a child would be and, and that's what we're looking for is safety
15: tell me a little bit about dogcars.com
16: oh dogcars.com um we review uh vehicles for um for their dog caring purposes. How do they fit? How do they work for a dog friendly family? And uh, so we have a lot of uh, reviews on there and a lot of uh, travel uh, tips from from Dr. Becker and even uh, some product reviews. So we're always trying to keep up with what is out there for dog friendly families.
15: It's a a wonderful resource, and um, I found it. I shared this with you. I found it through a release for a a vehicle that had gotten rave reviews on your website. So I fell in love with it right away. It's really easy to navigate, and I love all the vehicle reviews. So there's something on there for everybody, especially if you are interested in uh, getting a new vehicle or if you're just looking to see what's out there for product. You know, uh, dogcars.com is the place to be. So thank you, Keith, for taking the time to talk to us today.
16: Thank you very much.
15: Susan. It was a pleasure. This is Susan Sims for Phyto-Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. The
1: Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works.
14: Dogs or cats, horse or in You smell like a pig. You might not be able to say that much longer. Purdue University scientists are trying to determine why pigs smell so much and how they can make it stop. Their research is in response to growing pressure from federal regulators, environmentalists, and rural residents sick of the stench. Linda and Perry Trader's Indiana backyard is so stinky from a nearby hog farm, they have to stay inside, never using their swimming pool. Scientists are attacking the stink where it starts. Hogs are fed experimental feeds to help change the strong sulfur and ammonia smells they leave behind. And the research is promising. Scientists say that pig farms won't ever smell great, Just maybe more like cattle farms. Humphrey Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
9: There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet.
0: Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal
1: Radio. We blew our phones out. Are they working again?
2: They are. Look at that. They're
1: all lit up and blinking, believe it or not. Isn't that pretty? One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 Hi, Animal Radio. Hello? Yes. Yay. How
8: are you? Very well- <laughs> I have to tell you how much I appreciate your show. I just started listening, and now that I'm a pet owner, it's very appropriate for me to listen. Good. Well, what city are you in? I'm um, close to Bakersfield, California.
1: Close to Bakersfield, California. Nice day there today?
8: It's actually clearing up. It's cloudy, but I see a little bit of sun, and I think it's going to be a beautiful day.
17: Okay. What is your question?
8: Well, I uh, we have a new pet, um, a four-year-old golden retriever, a little girl, who we've had for about three months now. I got her from a rescue site, and we just love her. She's, you know, older. She's kind of out of the crispy stage. She's great indoors, but... Um, I had a problem with her digging out of the backyard, and she's gone into my neighbor's backyard Uh-oh. and dug out. And she is a great digger because she has to dig a pretty good-sized hole to get under the fence. Uh-huh. She's done it a few times, and I'm just, you know, kind of, I don't know what to do. Being the new pet owner that I am, I don't really know the solution, and I'm wondering if I should just maybe take her to some kind of um, class to maybe... Well, first thing—the
2: first thing you want to do is—is is to teach her basic commands. She needs to learn how to sit and stay, and the word and "no." And she does do that. Okay. She's, she's- yeah. If she's okay. if she's digging and if she's digging out, you want to make sure if she's digging out and going out in the neighborhood, you, she sounds like she's kind of bored and she's looking for things to do. You need to keep her active. Play with her. Uh, do a lot of exercise with her. Make her run because a tired dog is a happy dog. And okay. if she's still going to continue digging, you might want to provide a place for her in the yard, not against a fence, but in the yard where she can dig. Uh, maybe okay. like a little sandbox or something that's her special place. Or you can maybe do a little Kitty pool, if that's what she wants to do, if she wants to dig. But
1: no, that's fairly normal to dig. I mean, it's part it's, of their—it's
2: instinct. They learn it from their ancestors because they used to dig to provide shelter. And uh, does your dog come in the house? Is it you know? It's act- a great indoor dog. Okay, well I that's what her. you want to yeah. make sure that she knows she's part of the family because some dogs will just dig out of boredom. But she sounds like she needs her own place to dig.
8: Well, and- she normally does do it when I leave her out in the yard for a couple hours by herself, uh-huh.
2: that's when she'll escape. <laughs> well, find make her a little place to dig and. have Dig. Uh-huh. You can throw toys in there, buried toys, and that way she'll know she she can go to that area. And then just keep her busy, uh, play with her okay. a lot, and just you know make her run and really wear her out and keep uh-huh. her really well exercised. Okay.
1: And Does it help you? Let, yeah. let us know how that works out. Give us a call back and let us know how okay. that works out. Okay.
8: I appreciate your help. Thank you. I Thank appreciate you. your time.
1: One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five.
18: This is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. I've
0: had it done to me. It's not that. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio.
1: In just a minute, Amazing Race's Phil Kogan joining us. Walmart has sent over some pet Easter baskets, six of them. I want to give them away. They include some cool stuff like a 22-inch pink cheetah bed, as well as a puppy toy set. For Easter gift ideas, visit the Easter shop at walmart.com with free shipping to your local Walmart through their site-to-store service.
2: Uh, give these away right now? Please call 1-866-405-8405.
1: Working with Judy, occasionally there's there's a few rules you have to follow. One of them is never call her in the evenings to talk about the show when... The amazing race is on. <laughs> well, it's it's true. You know, you, every time I I do it.
2: Uh, you you pay know, out the that's right.
1: Of course, our next guest, a gentleman who's been all around the world, Woo-hoo. host of the amazing race, Phil Kogan. Hi, Phil. How are you doing?
17: Very good. Thanks for having me on. Where are you? I'm in New York City. New York. Running City. around. Is yep. that, you're on hiatus between filming. Mm, no, I'm never on hiatus. <laughs> I'm always on. I'm uh, either doing promotion or I'm out on the road shooting or you know doing publicity. So. Uh, yeah, never really on hiatus. I'm always working. Uh-huh. When you were about
1: uh, 20 years old, you had your own adventure show.
17: Yeah, well, I had a, a near-death experience at that that point in my life, and um, I decided uh, after that that, uh, you know what, life is really short. It really is. And um, if you want to get the most out of life, it's good to, to use a list, I think. And um, I started living by that list and thought the, 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 the best life I could have would be to uh, actually um, – Get paid for the things that were on my list and, <laughs> and through a lot of work and hard work and design I've managed to do that and, uh, and so, uh, hence the reason I travel around the world and, and I work on, uh, in television and, you know, it's, uh, I, I feel very lucky but, uh, it's a philosophy that I call No Opportunity Wasted or NOW for short and it's something that I'm, I've written a book about it's uh, something I feel passionate about
1: well you know dogs teach us that animals teach us that uh, to live in the moment now I want to talk uh, about the list real fast you actually sat down you made this list how long did it take uh, were you in a, a, a bar when you did this list was it on the back of a napkin What? Uh...
17: it was on a paper bag okay and, you... and uh, it didn't take long but it's not like you write one list and then that's it you just live by that list forever You write a list, and the list becomes pliable. It changes as you have children, or you move cities, or as you get older and more mature, and things change for you. And So it should be a list that you die with. It's not something that you finish.
1: Now, I'm looking at your list. Do you mind if I share it with the listeners?
17: Absolutely not.
1: Uh, Eat dinner at the top of a volcano.
17: (laughs) That was one that I've managed to tick off. Yes, I took a a five... Five star Italian chef to the top of an erupting volcano for dinner. Wow!
1: Are you able to tie these into the TV show?
17: <laughs> I, I am. I, I did a show called "Adventure Crazy," and uh, they that show was about things that were from from my list. And oh, uh, great, I traveled all around the world completing things from my list. And while I was being filmed. And, uh, uh, how about
1: this one? You, did you go to a nudist resort?
17: I did. I spent three days in a nudist resort. Uh, uh, I saw things that perhaps I, I shouldn't have seen, but um, or maybe uh, I'll never forget. I, I guess I should say. I even I even had a certain part of my body uh, uh, molded. And, and, and don't go to jump to the wrong conclusions here. It was my it was my butt. Um, and uh, yes, uh, my butt arrived in the mail about uh, three months after that. Wow. Uh, a, a mold of my of my uh, Yeah. Botox. It, yeah. Well,
1: yep. Since it is an animal show, how about this one, hand-feeding
7: wild sharks?
17: Well, yes, I, I have hand-fed wild sharks. And, uh, in fact, um, I have a show now which is called No Opportunity Wasted, and that's where I give other people a chance to do things from their own list. And I just got back from Fiji, and I took three people that were absolutely debilitated by the fear of, uh, of sharks and gave them a chance to get in the water with dozens of hungry uh, bull sharks and even a, even a tiger shark. Um, one of my big things of, in helping people write their list is to, is to confront a fear that they have. Not necessarily conquer it, but at least confront it so that it doesn't control people, that they're in control of the fear.
1: Through all your travels, you obviously encounter animals probably every single day, and I understand that some of the racers uh, have had a hard time maneuvering the fickled camels. That's what it says here on this piece of paper. Well, Don't you know
17: me. what they say if 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 you're working in television, the most difficult things to work with animals and children, um, I really wouldn't disagree, but I think uh, I think animals uh are, are without doubt the most difficult things to work with in any television program you make. And uh, we've had some stubborn animals, uh-huh. and uh, we've had some interesting animals on the show, absolutely. <laughs> any come to mind? Well, I don't know if you saw what happened in, in Mongolia with these very strange-looking uh, creatures, that uh, that the, the yaks which, which were pulling the, the, the carts, and um, at some point uh, a few of them bolted off into... You know, headed off into the sunset and pulling Uh the teams with them and uh, (laughs) some of them just stood there and said I'm sorry, I don't care if you're in a race, I'm not moving and yeah, I mean, it's not like they get paid by AFTER or anything like that to get, you know, any union fees they're not really motivated by anything other than than food Uh
1: The producers obviously have to just go with it Uh, you can't take a scene twice with animals
17: Oh, well, nothing on The Amazing Race ever gets taken again because it's it's a race and you get one shot and so... uh, yeah, we can't turn them around. If the yak doesn't move, well, tough.
1: We're talking with Phil Kogan, host of The Amazing Race. Anything you can tell us about what's yeah. going to happen?
17: Give us the scoop. I'll give you the scoop. Yeah, <laughs> you want to hear who the winner is? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> how many? How yeah. many? Comp- how many complaints would you get about that? No, I mean the best thing about the show is that you're always going to see surprises because we're always going go to go to new places. Sure, sure. So that's the, that's the constant surprise that people have on the show, and um, every season has new people and new places.
1: I imagine because you travel so much, you're always on the move that uh, you probably don't have any pets in your
17: life. Yeah, no, we, we have pets, definitely. Well, my daughter has a has a cat, pretty cool cat. The cat's name is Mellow because Mello is pretty mellow. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, Mellow's uh, you know, she stays at home, and we have somebody come to the house and, Look after her, but uh, all my life I've had pets.
2: What was your first pet? Do you remember?
17: Uh, I had a, a runaway dog. His name was Buster, and, and
2: uh, did he run away from you or did he
17: run to you? Oh no, he he had um he was a dog that a wild dog um and uh, he'd run away from his mother or got lost from his mother when we found him and and uh-huh. uh, a puppy and so I, I looked uh, we found him in a in a field next to our house and and uh, and I looked after him and he became my dog
1: well like I said they live very much in the moment that's the lesson that I've learned from my dogs like uh, like you're teaching and I imagine that's something that you impart in your book
17: absolutely what is the
1: book I'm not familiar with it
17: No Opportunity Wasted or NOW N-O-W for short and it's eight, eight ways to create a list for the life you want great
1: inspiration Phil we appreciate you spending time with us today Absolutely. Thank you very much. Phil Cogan joining us, The Amazing Race. Uh, check out the new season. Of course, uh, it would be moot to tell us anything that's coming up on yeah, the new can season.
2: tell me but, when we hang up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have time for. Remember, spay, neuter, always adopt and never declaw.
0: This is Animal, Animal R- R- R-
5: Radio Network. Network.
1: Hey, fellow animal thrill seekers. This show originally aired last year. I dream about it every night, so we figured we'd play it again for you. Oh, boy. Remember, you can get fresh animal radio at animalradio.com.
0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness
1: from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. We're back! We're here! It's like a bad meal, we keep coming back, actually. <laughs> Uh, We have a very, very special show today with, well, we'll kick off with Nora, the piano playing cat. You saw her on Comedy Central's Daily Show, maybe. Uh, From HDTV, Rebecca Coles joins us once again with uh, Gardening with Your Pet. She's going to tell us how we can make our garden a little more pet friendly. Awesome. And my favorite, Vlade the Dog Wizard. Returns today. Also, lamb scam. What is this lamb scam? What is that? Uh, you'll have to wait and find out. Okay. Also, your calls at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Well, Judy, it's uh, no secret that if there's a talented animal out there, they they eventually wind up right here on Animal <laughs> Radio. Uh, we have Sylvester. Remember Sylvester? Sylvester.
2: Yes, he's he, making uh,
1: a big time on YouTube now.
2: Yeah, he plays dead when you shoot him with your finger he rolls over <laughs> and then
1: there's uh oh that that, that laugh there is the laugh of betsy alexander <laughs> hi betsy
7: how you doing
2: hi how are you doing she's <laughs> laughing because she has one of these talented animals
1: yes she sure does in fact uh it's nora the piano playing cat is that correct that is correct well now you're a you're a music teacher a composer a, a genius by trade musical genius <laughs> oh, by <I> trade
5: wish. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. you,
1: you actually uh you, you, you teach kids and adults at your uh your place of business, and I believe I believe Nora is one of these animals that uh, just sort of watched what was going on and picked it
10: up, huh? Yeah, it's really remarkable. You know, people ask me all the time, did I teach her to play or uh-huh. could I teach their cats to play? <laughs> I only wish I could do that, but as you know, cats are not so easy to train. They really do their own thing. They do what they want to do. Of course. And Nora, when we brought her home as a kitten, um, she was very interested in the piano and the music room from day one. She's been here watching the lessons, laying in the children's guitar cases, refusing to get out of them when they try to put <laughs> (laughs) guitars back, refusing to get out of my chair when I want to sit down and play the piano. Um, And, you know, she literally learned by observing, I'm sure of it.
1: So So. she she hops up there on on the the piano seat, right?
10: We had her for about a year and uh, one day my my husband and I were upstairs and we heard plink, plink, (laughs) plink. And we have another cat, Gabby, who walks on the keys. Sure, but
1: it didn't sound like that, did it? No,
10: no. This was repeated notes and we couldn't imagine what in the world was Gabby doing some kind of repeated thing. We didn't know. Uh And we we have an open stairway which looks over the music studio and we came about halfway down the stairs and there's Nora sitting on the bench with this perfect posture. I mean, I couldn't ask for better (laughs) posture from my students with her little paws up there in perfect position playing away, and we see her, and we're, oh my God, she looks up at us, (laughs) and sort of this expression like what? So what? Uh, y- you know, don't don't bother me. I'm busy here. And then she goes right back to playing the piano. Well,
1: no, you've, you've made videos of this, and it, it appears to me that she is listening to the sounds that she's making. She knows she's making those sounds, and she enjoys those sounds.
10: There, there is no doubt about it. The way I got the video for YouTube is I set up a uh, tripod um, right by the piano, and I had my camera on, and then I had a remote with me where I was teaching. Whenever she would start to play I Just hit the remote Mm -hmm. At first She was distracted By the whirring Of the tape Mm -hmm. But eventually She got used to it And she just didn't Pay any attention to it And just kept on Doing what she was doing So that's how I was able to get So many different Clips of her playing But in fact She often plays when we're not even in the room. I mean, so why else would she... Now, I do think she loves the attention. Uh She loves to play when the students are here. She likes to play when people come, although she's unpredictable. Of course. I mean, if I could make her play, she would be on The Tonight Show right now. They have called many times. This tv show from japan they came all the way to, wow. to video her and she likes to play early in the morning a lot and i have a student on monday mornings so she absolutely adores barbara <laughs> comes in nora runs down the stairs and hops up on the bench and literally plays during this adult's entire lesson and you would think it would bother the student yes does it no she actually loves cats this this student and she loves it when nora plays and she even encourages her and i think nora senses that she's a cat lover uh-huh. so she's down here playing a lot so they were here to film that lesson in the morning, Nora's down here by herself, playing up a storm. 8.15, they get here to film this 8.30 in the morning lesson. Nora Uh comes down, she gets on the bench, she goes, plink, plink, and then she just sits there looking at them. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh no, Nora, they came from a long way. But uh, she doesn't really do this for other people. She really does it for herself.
2: Now, does she play the full range of keys, or does she have certain sounds, certain keys? Oh, this
10: is so interesting. She always goes up to the high range of the piano. And for a long time, she was just playing up there on those high notes. Uh, Uh Lately, in fact, yesterday, she was playing down in the low range, even though the whole bench was available to her. I Uh thought that was really unusual. Even my student noticed it and commented on it. So she seems to be... Um, branching out. I want to.
1: I want to tell everyone. First of all, we're going to link to the uh, the latest of all the videos so you can see Nora playing because it's a the must sequ- see.
10: Nora the sequel. You know, people are telling us they think it's even better than the original Nora video. I, I have seen. I've actually seen
1: know. the two, and I think it's uh, better produced. It's it's a nice video, and you should check it out. And we'll put a link from animalradio.com. Also. Uh, I wanted to mention that you have Nora Memorabilia at your website, which is www.ravenswingstudio.com. We'll put a link from animalradio.com. We thank you uh, for joining us today and give old Nora a big old hug for us.
10: I will, and thank you so much for your time.
1: No problem. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can
0: learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more.
1: And no stranger to Animal Radio, we welcome back from Rebecca's Garden, HD TV's Rebecca's Garden, of course. Rebecca calls. Hi Rebecca, how are how you? How are you? Very well, thank you. What's the weather like? Where, where are you located? I am
11: actually located right outside the Twin Cities in a little town in Hudson, Wisconsin, where uh, two days ago it was like 96 degrees. Wow. Yesterday we were lucky to push to 50.
1: Just, just wait 15 minutes.
11: If It'll change. Like that that <laughs> well, is the truth here.
1: I know we're all starting our garden now, and... This year, I'm making my garden with uh, the pets in mind. This year, and there are a few plants that we've talked about before, but I want to bring it up again uh, that we shouldn't be planting in the garden.
11: You know, it's funny because some of the most toxic, deadly plants that people put out are, you know, are the ones we put out ourselves. Mm -hmm. Some of those include the the old fashioned favorites that we have had around for a long time. Um, Your your delphinium, Mm -hmm. which we all love um some of the uh lily of the valley castor beans that's one of my favorite plants and and I use them very carefully I never allow them to go to seed but they're the ones that have uh they can grow up to 6 feet tall and have these beautiful Beautiful leaves with these hot pink seed pods. It's Mm -hmm. the seeds really that are are very dangerous.
1: What about fertilizing our grass when we uh, see? I always worry about that. I I worry that the dog will walk on it.
11: Yeah, if you have the thing is if you have pets in mind, you really have to work around your pets, Um, and and, you know you can't have both. You can't use chemicals, arm yourself with chemicals, and expect that it's not going to make the pets sick. So, so if you're going to have pets, then you really need to concentrate on organic things that you can do in the garden. First of all, right now, you know a lot of people might be fertilizing Mm -hmm. in cool season areas. The best time to fertilize is in the fall, with spring being the second. There are all kinds of organic fertilizers now on the market that do a fabulous job and are very safe. And the beauty of these is that not only is it safe for our, our, our pets, but with organic fertilizers, they don't wash into waterways or streams. So mm-hmm. so that's always a plus. Um, if you're trying to control any kind of uh, crabgrass or dandelions, um, a lot of people want to put down what's called a pre mergent It's a, a, kind of like a herbicide. Well, instead of using some, something chemically based, there is a product called corn glue. Gluten, or that's the active ingredient, might be under a different name, but corn gluten is nothing more than a byproduct of corn starch. And by putting that down, it, it what it does is it prevents seeds of any kind from they'll germinate. But once they they start taking in the corn gluten, it kills it. Hmm. So you can put that on. It's safe for the kids. It's safe for mom and dad. It's safe for pets. And the beauty is that you know you're not polluting anything. So it. it it's a real win-win for everyone.
2: You know, I know people are... If they have an animal, they're a little more aware. They, Like you say, they'll use something organic for their yard. But so many times I see people walking down the street with their dog, and their dog is running across everyone's lawn, and they're not aware of what other people might have down that their dog can actually pick up on their
11: paws. Exactly. And and that's that's a really good point, because if you're out walking your dog and he's running through the neighborhood, which is not always a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always a good idea to wash the dog's paws before they come in, or have a little pool that they step in and you know that brings up a really good point because people always say you know i have this beautiful yard and my dog is ruining it well a a good thing to keep in mind and this is what i i have learned and i learned it the hard way is watch your dog dogs have it's like zoo animals they have a specific path which they're going to follow (laughs) throughout the yard watch that path don't plant anything in their way. Use <laughs> that path as their path, and then uh-huh. and then it's going to save you the headache. Um, you know, people always say, "How do I keep you know the dogs and the cats from digging in the garden?" Well, for the dogs. Why don't you go get a little baby pool, fill it up with sand. You can either bury it in the ground or put plants around it. I don't care what you do or how to hide it. Maybe you don't care. Fill it with sand. And then what you do is you hide doggy treats in the sand. (laughs) So the dog is going to go out there, dig there, thinking he's going to find a tree. And that's going to be his area. And you reward him. He loves it. Um, And he'll usually stay out of your garden that way. And and remember, you know, when the dog, it's interesting because when dogs are inside, we set limits. Rooms they can't go in, furniture they can't get up, up onto. But when we let them outside, it becomes a free for all. So treat your outdoor area just like uh, the rooms in your house, and train the dogs early, and let them know where they can be and they can't be, and stick with it. For cats, if they're, you know, that's always an issue with a lot of people, especially when the cats come mosing in from from a neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear it before catnip, catnip, it's also called nepeta. It is this wonderful grayish green mounding type plant that puts out this sea of blue flowers that last a long time. Mm. It has a very minty, a minty flavor to it, or or not flavor, but aroma to it when you brush up against it or crush. It. I love it. I mm-hmm. think it's awesome. It brings in the bees, but what it does to cats, it's actually an aphrodisiac. The cats will come in, they will roll in and around that plant, mm-hmm. and they will have thought they have died and gotten to heaven. But the beauty. <laughs> if you if you have a cat on the neighbor you know a neighbor just plant pockets of catnip knowing that cat's gonna roll in it, it you know it, it the Plant might get smashed a little bit, but it's sure. very resilient. It comes back, and it typically will. keep It totally phases the cat out. The cat <laughs> was like la la land, and and it's like an addiction. So he will go straight for that and stay out of everything else.
1: About keeping them out of other things, because there there's some things that I want them in, like the uh, catnip. But there are some things that I don't want them in, and I don't want the squirrels. I don't want the dogs. Oh. I don't want the deers. I know that you have that your kitchen covered remedies.
11: Right. Well, here's something you know. I'll tell you one really good element to have that, that is going to really help knock off some of the. Squir- and anyway, when I say knock off, I don't mean kill. I mm-hmm. mean you know, rid them or keep them away mm-hmm. for both deer, rabbits, um, some of the raccoons, and um, also the squirrels. You can you bite in many different forms, but anything containing a blood meal or blood derivative. From my experience. I mean I have tried everything I one one year for Good Morning America I was assigned to find out what worked for deer so we bought everything on the market and we tested everything out there mm. and all of the things that were out there worked, but in a different way. For instance, the things that you spray on, like the chili pepper spray, mm-hmm. they worked on one deer, but the problem is the deer don't communicate. So, <laughs> the one deer is going to take a bite of your rose bush, while well, the other behind him is waiting to floss his teeth on it. <laughs> Nobody tells him that it doesn't taste <laughs> good, so the, they line up, and then they realize they're not going to come back. So, uh-huh. that doesn't work. Anything that smells bad is usually keeps deer away for a while. Like the Irish Spring Soap, it does work, but you've uh-huh. got to hang it within 20 feet of each other. <laughs> not real Pretty, <laughs> um, but what we found in the long run is is that a product that worked for everybody was anything that contained a blood derivative. Like there's a it's new product and it's safe for the environment. It's called Plant Skid, and um, I kind of fell upon this. And and I actually mixed my own, which I don't recommend because it was it was as if I butchered a hog in my kitchen. Uh-oh. But it it really worked well. And and this year I'm using a powdered form of a blood a uh, uh, a blood meal, and I just sprinkled this long strip. So far, so good. So and and I do I live in the woods, so I have everything. You there. see
1: a lot of animals there. I, I do
11: see a lot of animals, well, which about, is nice. What about snails? Okay. Slug snails, they're hermaphrodites, which means they have sex with themselves, kind of, in uh-huh.
2: a weird way. They, they don't need a partner.
11: They do not need partners. So that one little slug out there in your garden right now Uh will turn into 400 slugs by the end of the season if you don't take care of it. Now, again, there's all kinds of kitchen cupboard remedies that you can take care of. it. we found out through research that the beer, the the little beer taverns that you put out, saucers of beer, it does work, but it only works in a three-foot Area, So that mm-hmm. means you're going to have to cover your landscape with, with beer. And, by the way, the slugs prefer Heineken I was over ask any you, other beer.
1: No, you're not just making a joke there. That's on the that level there. It's,
11: it's actually true. Studies have shown that they prefer Heineken <laughs> over other beer. Well,
2: you know, I might get rid of all the slugs in my yard, but I think I'm going to attract all the men around the
11: neighborhood. More uh, slugs. Yeah, and there's that. But but really, what we're very lucky because a new product came out years ago. It's an iron phosphate, which are nothing more than little Tablets that you you spread out around your your um, slug riddled areas, uh-huh. and the slugs come in, they take a bite, it ends up doing something to their intestines, and it kills them. so get that on the key though is to get that on early. Early, 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 because what you can do now will save you, you know, a hundred times over by the time fall arrives.
1: I planted a bunch of uh, tomato plants this year in my garden. I somehow remember, like, uh, in kind of a half-sleep with HGTV on, you feeding your dog tomatoes.
11: Oh, yeah, that's enough. You know, now, this this is funny because um, a lot of people scoff at this. Veterinarians can't figure out why it works. Um, horticulturists think I'm nuts. Which I probably am. But, you know, what happened is is, uh, my mother used to feed our dogs um, either tomato juice or give them cherry tomatoes. Mm. And she, she, I don't know where she learned it, that it prevented the female dogs who, you know, squat in the yard, Uh it prevented the burning marks that you get. From their urine, yeah, and okay. So, well, what the heck? It's vitamin C. I talked to my vet. Is it going to kill the duck? She goes, No, it'll be fine. And if it works, go ahead and use it. Well, lo and behold, people I I have told in the you know fifteen years I've been doing this, they've uh, agreed hands down it works and the dogs and, like it and, and the oh the dogs lo- you know dogs will eat anything they're goats. <laughs> but we we give them i i would give them 1 to 2 tablespoons of tomato juice either out of a their, a ladle or i'd put it over their food or when when you do have cherry tomatoes the dogs will you know catch it eat it well uh-huh. unfortunately though i did create a monster because now <laughs> when i'm not looking my dog is laying under my tomato plants eating my tomatoes <laughs> So so there there might be a little you know ramification there in the long run but but yeah and and I don't have spots. Wow.
1: That's good. Good yes, to know. Yeah. I guess it changes the pH somehow. It it,
11: it, it has well I was told and I I'm not a scientist that way but it has something to do with the acidity of the tomato somehow neutralizes the the urine somehow and I I don't get all that but it works and and you know if anything else the dog gets another dose of vitamin C which it won't hurt him.
1: Wow. Mm, very good how 's the uh, magazine Seasons by
5: Rebecca doing?
11: Seasons by Ma- rebecca is is, is taken off We just expanded it eight more pages it's um, it 's really been a blast because it truly is a garden magazine written by gardeners for gardeners and 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 you know my whole deal is i people just want tell me what I need to do don 't get me into the science don 't tell me the history just tell me what I need to do right now and how to do it right yes. so it, it's it 's a really good succinct i've been told people really enjoy the fact that it is very quick tips of how to do things right and hopefully inspiring people to you know dig in and get their hands dirty without worrying
2: you know last time we talked to you i talked about hal doing his garden and how he waters every day so i need you to give him another reminder about how
11: and and, and everybody needs to know this that the number one reason plants die in the house and half the time in the garden is because we kill them with kindness. That goes with our lawns, that goes with most potted plants, and oftentimes in the garden. We totally get crazy about watering and feeding. Uh And, And the deal here is Neglect, Neglect with, with respect. respect. He remembers. Yes. Yeah. And, and just back <laughs> off. And, and, you know, what I always tell people to do, first of all, especially with lawns, turn off those dang timers because I see them going off every morning at 4 o'clock for 30 minutes. Yeah. Grassroots want to run deep, so water once a week deeply for longer periods of time. Uh-huh. And if and when the heat wave and the drought strikes, those roots are going to be protected. Rather than sitting there at the soil surface, which eventually creates thatch, you are saving yourself. So much of a headache down the road.
1: Seasons by Rebecca's, the magazine. Now, can we get that at com?
11: Yes, you can. And be, when you're there, be sure to sign up. I send out weekly garden tips for free, and I don't sell your name or anything. So it's just a fun thing for garden, gardeners to kind of keep in touch and learn a little bit more.
1: Very good. I'm going to do that. And, of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on again.
11: You are welcome. We'll talk to you guys later.
1: My dog has, I think, ADD. Are you sure it's not you? Well, they reflect their owners.
2: Yes, there we go.
1: I'm going to ask Vlade, the dog wizard. He's up next. If dogs can have ADD, because I just don't think I'm the only one with this. All next right here on Animal Radio. Don't go anywhere.
10: Hi, it's Lisa LaPorta from HGTV's Design to Sell for Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets.
8: Animal Radio is brought
10: to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Buddy, don't do that.
3: Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't
10: you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans.
3: I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard Canine Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where
10: can I find out more?
3: Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S A F E hyphen G U
16: A R D dot com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org.
12: You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com.
0: Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives
1: a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets.
12: For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Woof. Hey, fellow animal thrill seekers. This show originally aired
1: last year. I dream about it every night, so we figured we'd play it again for you. Oh, boy. Remember, you can get fresh animal radio at AnimalRadio.com.
18: Hello, this is Don Louise and you're listening to Animal Radio. Love your pets, they'll always love you back.
1: no stranger to animal radio you've seen him on nbc abc fox news networks across the country he is vlade the dog wizard hi vlade how you doing hello everybody i have a dog who i think has add just, <laughs> is that silly is, is that a silly thing to, to think i mean the, do, the dog always needs to be into everything and tell me give me an example please Oh well, let's say I, I I go out to play ball, throw a fetch or something. Okay. And I'll throw it once or twice, and then he's tired of that, and he wants to go on to something else. Uh, he, he doesn't really stay focused at one thing more than a really just a minute or two.
18: You know, the dogs like the humans. They are uh, they are born in different way. Like that doesn't mean it's ADD. It what it means your dog maybe needs to have something uh, changes in his activities. Okay. I would uh, maybe don't worry about this too much. What I would would worry, I would meet your dog's major. Needs, which is physical, mental, and social. A lot of people think the dog he has just he has just two major needs to pee and poop. It is not. The dogs have three major needs: physical, mental, and social. Physical. You have to absorb that physical exercise through the physical stimulations. Uh, I would uh, fetch is the great game, but why not just? Go get in your house if you have a step leather, uh-huh. stay on top of it, toss something down, maybe tie to the rope. The dog jumps it, wants to grab it, pull it before he gets, and keep him running a couple of times. It'll be more than enough to get his type of, get him tired. That's, uh-huh. a, that's a
1: very good idea.
18: Uh, you know what? On my website, 911. Uh, Dogwizard.com. We have online TV, which is people can see different videos, and we have a one um, video specially devoted to that. It calls Innovative Games You Can Play with Your Dog. Because if you will not absorb that physical energy, through the physical stimulation and mental energy through the mental stimulation which is obedience training is going to be exploded in the bad way for separation anxiety dog ADD aggression and such and such and such things I just would like to tell you and for is around one very I would think disturbing thing I don't know if your uh, listeners know or not but aggression aggressive behavior in dogs has become epidemic Just in the United States alone, we have an enormous case of aggressive behavior. It's basically five million people yearly get beat by the dogs. Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. Why is this? Why why all of a sudden all this aggressive behavior?
18: I think it's the way how we raise our dogs for the last five, seven, ten years. And in the way how we're giving them structures. Because it's like... it just based on uh, what, like I said, if we not, if we will treat them as the humans, they in return will treat us as the dogs. <laughs> you know, but treating the dogs as the dogs, I don't want anybody understand me wrong. Nothing really. Um, involved, any rough-handed, or something like this. But we need we to love them, you know, as the dogs. Because, you know what, if, if, if they were intended to be as the humans, they would be sent to that world as the humans. But they came to us as the dogs, and we love them as the dogs. And I think the three biggest mistakes the people make in communication with the dogs, number one, humanization, and number two, living in democracy with them, And number three, talking to them in the wrong language. If you don't mind, I will a little bit speculate on each of them.
5: Okay, please.
18: Humanization. You know what? If I had chance to immigrate to this great country second time, I definitely want to immigrate as the dog, and I will tell you why. You no, know, you guys treat everybody. You guys treat the humans wonderfully, but but you know you treat the dogs better than humans. You know I don't need to worry about social security, uh, medical system. I just guys would live on your welfare and uh, just basically enjoy my life. I didn't need to have a job and such and such. You know, and if you would be not listening to me, I maybe even bite you to put you back in order. Uh-huh. But don't try to discipline me. If you discipline me dozens of humane organizations will be in your living room in no time. You will be out the creek without pet. In this country it's okay when the dogs bite the people. Not it's not okay when vice versa is going on. Now democracy. Democracy people, it is the great things for the people. I mean, have my word on it, because I I worked and live in five countries around the world. I saw everything. And uh, uh socialistic system, and communism, and monarchy, and dictatorship, democracy is the best. Okay. When it comes to the people But when it comes to the dogs, <laughs> dogs Dogs need as much democracy As the penguins underwear In the Russian winter I mean they, <laughs> the Dogs and democracy do not mix And the third Which is a lot of people talk to their dogs in the wrong language. They speak English, but the only their dog's language their dogs speak is Doglish. And the Doglish has the body language has the tonality let me give you a couple of basic vocabulary so instead of saying no, no, no no to your dog so every dog probably sincerely believes their nick- noise their nickname because people <laughs> use it so many times without consequences uh-huh. we use the canine sou- sound of disapproval and if you will untap, it's like imitating it's like a growl. Exactly. Very angry. It, exactly. And I it's... bet if I saw
1: you right now you'd be looking pretty
18: darn angry, huh? Oh yeah, and I'm not just like that. You exactly right, because face expressions can be three as well. Number one, it is angry when I discipline with my tone of voice. It can be nonchalant when I just communicate with the dog and can be happy when I praise my dog. So when I praise my dog, how I praise my dog. Good girl. Good boy, and the dog is hearing. Oh, ooh, ooh. that means happiness. But I learn a lot of my clients, especially men, they don't know how praise their dogs. My clients, ladies. Confess to me, so they their husbands don't know even how to praise them. <laughs> <laughs> because most of my clients are ladies. Because you know it's behavior problem in dogs. It's never a problem for their husbands because they're never home anyway. Sure, <laughs> yes. And I, I just would like to ask your listeners right now: grab the pencil and uh, paper because you know I'm gonna tell them very important thing.
12: Okay, we're listening.
18: It's a very big secret. Okay. Can we ask them to grab something?
1: Okay, you go go ahead and grab something, preferably a pen or pencil or. The person next to you, I guess.
18: Okay. Uh, That'll work. Just two things. By allowing your dog to pull you on the leash, and by allowing your dog to to bark in your house, from the dog's point of view, you automatically, unconsciously, of course, is giving your dog permission in the future to growl and bite whoever they choose. Mm. It, is, it is because if they pull you on the leash, they strongly believe they're in charge and they are uh, boss, they are leader. If you allow them to bark, they think they are, in ch- they are a security officer. They are in charge of the security of that house. So barking in the house also create drive and create uh, frustration, which eventually can be expressed in the burst of aggressive activities. Which and,
1: and we're doing all of this subconsciously. It's not like we're doing this on purpose. No, no. Yeah.
18: Of course, the people don't know. People, of course, people would would love never have the problems like that. That sure. is why, if I could give my best possible advice to everyone, because I'm no-nonsense type of the trainer, and people come to me as the last resort from all over the country, uh, stay in the hotels. I have a client even from Canada, and I observe my clients from my website, from my products, from 911dogwizard.com. If I could give them my best possible advice, please people, train your dog properly, uh, it doesn't matter at what age your dog is. It doesn't matter how they behave right now. Every dog is trainable. Even little one, even the 10 years dog, it's never too late. I don't know who came up with that definition. It's, it's Never it's never possible to teach the old dog the new tricks. Probably someone with a very bad old dog. Every dog... <laughs> It, it's possible to change every dog's behavior and there is just a couple of interesting things to apply and I just released my amazing DVD, Obedience for Life which is method used there it's very interesting It's unlike anything that people have ever seen it doesn't use any human compulsion and it doesn't use or any human force or it doesn't use any cookie, it's based Solely on the method which I learned from my absolutely mute and deaf dog trainer mentor from Russia by using surprise factor, um, using our hands as the canine jaw, fingers as the teeth if we need to do it, using special language, body language, face expressions, and in uh, every secret is bioenergy. This is a um, news discovery, um, which is a very exciting discovery. Everyone has this energy in our body, uh, just waiting to be unleashed. And through my products, I teach the people how to get access to that hidden power and use it as um, um, as as the, one of the tool to establish yourself as undisputable leader. Do you know the human's body? Russian scientists discovered is emitting about thirty five, forty smells in response to its emotional stage. For the dogs, takes one, two minutes to figure out wow. who, who is hot and who is not.
1: <laughs> wow, they, they can tell good character immediately. Vlade the Dog Wizard joining us. We're out of time. Let me give the website. It's www.911dogwizard.com. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show. Uh, also at animalradio.com. Uh, w- one more time, what's the website there?
18: 911. Dogwizard.com. 911dogwizard.com. I can train any wizard. dog, even your dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> even my dog. We have more animal
18: radio on the way. Thank you so much for having me. My joy is to be there.
1: If
0: there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years, and taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary, and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant, green tea, to your daily diet. And if you Call now to order, and by two months, we'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a
12: money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315. Or visit AirtimeStore.com.
14: Dogs or cats, horse or emu. People too. A news story heard around the world about Japanese women being shocked to find out their poodles were actually lambs appears to be a hoax, or is it? It started when film star Maiko Kawakami was a guest on a Japanese TV show and was complaining about her new poodle who didn't bark or eat any dog food. She mentioned that while at a nail salon, she heard someone tell how rich women were being scammed into buying poodles that were actually lambs. Well, police in Japan deny having any cases involving a poodle lamb scam, but the story took a life of its own, appearing in newspapers and on TV worldwide. A representative of Ms. Kawakami said that she was surprised just how big the story got and added that Ms. Kawakami doesn't even own a poodle. Oh yeah, well, maybe it's a lamb. I'm Fritz Savage for Animal Radio are Animal
8: Radio Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA and when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals I am home listening to Animal Radio
13: Animal Radio is brought to you by Out Deluxe Training Pads. Traditional newspaper training is old news. Out Deluxe Training Pads are ten times more absorbent, scientifically treated to attract pets and control odors. Available nationwide at major discount and grocery stores.
7: The most common pet emergencies veterinarians see are fractures, intestinal blockage, ingestion of household chemicals, lacerations, and soft tissue trauma, all of which can result from accidents at home. Pet-proofing your home is a simple and inexpensive way to keep your furry family members safe and happy. Here are some reminders. Fertilizers should be used carefully and sparingly. Take care with antifreeze, gasoline, oil, insecticides, or cement. There are more than 230 plants and 13 foods identified by the ASPCA as potential hazards to your pet's health. You can learn more at ASPCA.org. Lock up all your medications because things like aspirin and ibuprofen can cause kidney failure and sometimes death in pets. Remove pennies, nicotine products, mothballs, and batteries that might be lying around your house. Bones from pork chops, chicken, and ribs can splinter and cut the inside of your dog's mouth and intestinal tract. Cover exposed electrical cords or outlets to prevent burns and electrocution. Also use baby gates to block off any spaces where your pets could be in danger of falling. Cat owners need to be aware that some of the most common plants are highly toxic to their cats. Easter lilies, among the species of genus Lilium, are highly toxic to cats, leading to kidney damage. All parts of the plant are considered toxic, and intoxication can occur with the ingestion of less than one leaf. Within the first two to six hours of lily ingestion, a cat may manifest intestinal upset, including vomiting, loss of appetite, and depression. Signs may temporarily subside, only to return within 12 to 18 hours as kidney damage ensues. Treatment consists of rapid decontamination and IV fluids. Postponing treatment for more than 18 hours can result in renal failure and death. Therefore, prompt and aggressive veterinary treatment is paramount. Cats can be extremely inquisitive and may graze on plants in and around the house. Therefore, cat owners are encouraged to avoid placing lilies where cats reside, whether indoors or outdoors. A little preventive thought now will go a long way. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio.
2: The director of a busy rescue shelter, I'm constantly house training. And as any pet guardian will tell you, house training can be frustrating and confusing for both you and your pup. And learn bad habits like using newspaper is hard to break. We use Out Deluxe Training Pads because their scent attracts dogs. Here's two tips from somebody that knows. Speed up the house training process through consistency and Out Deluxe Training Pads. There's no easier or cleaner way to train your pup. Find Out Deluxe Training Pads at major discount and grocery stores Stores
0: nationwide. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide
1: education and awareness. From all across
0: the globe, this is Animal Radio.
9: 2866405
1: 8405
9: Hi, who's this? Um, hi, this is Kim. Hi Kim, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Where are you living? I live in Buena Park, California.
1: Oh, very well. Listening on Coaster K Big, I imagine.
9: Yes, one of I'm not sure which one, 1070,
1: I think. One, oh, okay. What uh what is your question?
9: Um I um j- bought a house and I have a backyard that is all cement Uh Mm -hmm. and I want to get two dogs and I want to build a potty area for them.
1: Oh, a potty area for the dogs. Tougher to do with dogs than it is
5: with
9: cats. Right. (laughs) But I I, I can't live without dogs, so I need to build a potty area and I'm wondering what type of material to use, whether I should build a sand pit or use artificial, I've seen some artificial grass.
2: Okay, my only concern is that sometimes dogs get accustomed to their potty areas. If you have a, a a cement or a sand pen and you let your dog relieve himself on that there's a problem when you take him out elsewhere that he won't go on the grass or won't go in a certain area
4: what he, kind of dogs
1: what size dogs are you planning on getting
9: um i just kind of medium dogs i just want a couple muds, just some dogs to come home to.
1: i know you have some ideas but i wanted to mention a couple of years ago i heard about this puppy go potty which was uh, from the Absorption Corporation, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's wasn't it like grass that was... It's
2: actually grass. It's sod grass that they give you a container and you put the sod in it and actually grow the grass. And you can replace it, especially in Southern California, if the grass dies, you can easily replace it with sod.
9: One of the things, I've gone to home shows, and there's a lot of people pushing artificial grass. Mm -hmm. They say they put them in pet hospitals and and shelters and Mm -hmm. such. And it seems like an easy way because they create... A drainage mm-hmm. and it 's easy to clean, but I just don 't know if it 's friendly for dogs really or if it 's not such a good idea
1: see uh, each dog's going to be finicky to its yeah. own wh- what it likes and uh, the, the good thing is, is if you, if you start these animals, are you going to get them as babies or are you going to
9: probably about a year old okay. because I work during the day, so I don't think I can deal with
1: little puppies. I understand that completely, but young enough to learn a, a brand-new
12: procedure if they need right,
9: to. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll don't work think, with them. Yeah, I don't think you'll have any problem. You can try the artificial grass and see how they like it, and if they can't, then if they won't use it, then you can go you know, back to natural uh, grass. But what you want to do is basically whatever you put up, you want them to go in that place and that place only. So when you do take them out, you don't want to let them be outside unsupervised. You want to okay. take them out and take them to the area and then reward them anytime they go and they use the area give them a treat but if you do in the beginning just kind of let them run free in the backyard they may go anywhere they want but you want to we want
9: to train them yeah yeah, you want to take
2: them to the area and you can use like a command or something like that or after they go to the bathroom you can say like you know um, gosh Go potty, and you give them a treat. And then when you go outside, the next time you can say it before they use it, take them to the area and say, Go potty, and they'll start to learn that that's for them to relieve themselves and they get a treat. Okay. And eventually, and
9: if, if I have two dogs that I'm guessing maybe 30, 40 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, sort of medium ish dogs, how big an area do I want to have?
2: Well, that depends on how often you want to clean it.
9: Well, I'll be, I'll be diligent, but so. what's, what's their minimum, would you say?
2: I'd say probably about a 10 by 10 area.
9: Okay, I'm bigger than that, so that's good. Okay,
2: yeah, that's, that was, I would say that would be the minimum. But uh, something like that, I would, again, again, clean it you know, on a regular basis. Okay. Because it, once it does become full, they will start looking for other places.
9: No, we want to have good puppies. Well, good. And you know what we're going to do? We're going
1: to send you, we have these uh, brand new adoption kits from Planet Dog, which include all kinds of toys and stuff. We're going to send you a couple of those for your new additions to your household.
9: Oh, okay. I would love that. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you for listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second. Thank you. That's all we have time for this hour. Remember, there's lots more at Animal AnimalRadio.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, streaming online and on your cell phone by texting ANIMAL to 27627, any provider. Till next weekend, remember, please spay Spay or or neuter. neuter. Your doctor will tell you which one to do. (laughs) Also, uh, if you do get a cat, don't declaw. And if you want a certain breed,
2: go online to a breed rescue. Don't buy from a
1: breeder or from a pet store. Or a puppy meal. We'll see you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.